0: Hey, welcome to the Pursuit of Prosperity podcast. We're here today with Jawad. He has been an investor. He runs the biggest uh, investor Facebook group in DFW. And uh, he's been investing for a long time, lots of experience with plumbing and um, big plumbing company, big uh, landlord. And so we're here just to learn from him and see how he's done what he's done. So welcome. Thanks for coming. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah. We're, uh, we're excited to dive into how you've been able to do all this. I'm, what I'm really impressed about is. You had the plumbing company. You have the investments, and then you also have this incredible Facebook group. I mean, that's like you're like the biggest wholesaler without doing any wholesale deals in DFW. Really, yeah. so many deals trade on that group. It's uh, it's really great. So I, I really appreciate you doing that. I mean, I've made probably a million dollars off of your Facebook page. So thank you.
1: Yeah, I definitely <laughs> think it's an important asset. Oh,
0: 100 percent. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm glad about that. Well, you were just telling me kind of you started out with plumbing and got a plumbing business going, and uh, if you could just jump into that a little bit and explain kind of how you got going, how you got pulled into real estate investing from plumbing and all that. I'd be very interested to hear.
1: Yeah. um, I started my own plumbing company in 2010. Um, Really just like put it together with some scrap money. Uh, Did not start out with a lot of liquidity or experience, Um, but I was determined. I built that company up and got to where I had $250,000 in a bank account and switched banks because Bank of America had treated me terribly. (laughs) And they gave me a Chase private client. This guy was like, what are you doing with all this money in your account? Like, don't you Mm -hmm. understand inflation? I'm like, no, not at all. (laughs) So like, I really appreciate this guy. Uh, His name was Mike. If you're out there, love you to death. But he pulled me aside and gave me like a one hour quick lesson on economics and you know really he was just trying to sell me some bonds for the bank yeah but he was like so you want to buy these uh franklin bonds and i'm like no not at all but i'm gonna go buy some real estate and he's like well at least you understand how this works Mm -hmm. and so i watched the market probably all day every day for maybe 60 days and then uh i found a great deal on craigslist um i Emailed the guy repeatedly trying to get this deal and he wouldn't respond back to me. And I was like, Man, it's a mesquite. I was born in mesquite. I can find this house. Drove around, found the house. And uh just because like in that neighborhood, like you can always tell like what kind of block it would be on just by like the age and the style. And I found the house, I left a note and I was like, Hey, I wanna buy this house. The guy called me. He's like, I'm so glad that you left this note because I had it on Craigslist and not a single person messaged me. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's not true because I emailed this guy like 10 times. Yeah, And uh, so he was like, I was wanting 50000 but I guess that's not a good deal, so I'll give it to you for 39000 And the house was perfect. So Wow. Um, it was a probate thing. His parents had passed away, mm-hmm. and it came completely furnished. And he was like, hey, I'm taking the motorcycle. You can have everything else. And I was like, all right, that's a deal. But I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So I called a friend from high school that was a realtor. And I was like, hey, what are you doing right now? And he's like, oh, I'm out to lunch with somebody. And I was like, I'll give you $2,000 to stop what you're doing right now. I definitely overpaid him. But I, yeah. it was still a good deal, and yeah, I'm yeah. to make something happen. I was like, stop what you're doing right now, bring a contract, and show me how to fill this thing out. So he came, and we got it done. I got it closed. I rented it out within a week. Um, I slept in it every night for that week, like doing touch ups myself <laughs> yeah. and really just loving it. Mm-hmm. And um, I rented it out within a week for twelve eighty a month. Oh wow! So yeah, like great return. Yeah, three percenter and, and mesquite. I, yeah, and I, didn't man. Even, I didn't even know that was a great deal. Mm-hmm. Like I just thought like it made sense, and uh, so that that kind of got me uh, motivated, and I just really started buying them up.
0: Yeah. So where did so you start? That got you into it. Uh, it's funny. I have a very similar story. I bought my first couple of homes on Craigslist too because you just don't know where to start. Yeah, mine was twenty fifteen. so a little later down the road, but man, I should look at Craigslist again. It's been a minute since I looked at Craigslist for deals. Yeah, so I looked. Uh, like it's all new western.
1: Probably about yeah. That's what <laughs> yeah. You summed it up pretty good.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, too bad. So then, so how did you go from buy this one to uh, buying more? And and how many did you end up buying?
1: Um. So. That first year, I bought four um, because, like, I just ran with it because mm-hmm. um, it was working. And Were you
0: buying them all cash or you financing them?
1: Uh, so I bought that one all cash. <clears throat> Didn't know about leverage and everything yet. Yeah. Um, the second one, I found um, 10X, and they, I was talking to them, like, trying to figure out how that worked because, you know, TV shows are, like, auction, auction, auction. They're like, hey, we got a short sale coming up. Like, we haven't even posted it. Would you be interested? Mm-hmm. And so I ended up buying a 3.2 and Bolt Springs. That was pretty nice. And I bought it for $40,000, um, which That's this is days. this is twenty late 2013. So yeah. this is still just barely recovering from, like, the 2008 crash. Yeah. So uh, don't think that I was, like, this mad scientist that had it all figured out from day one. Right um, place,
0: right time, man. There's a lot to be said for that. Absolutely
1: right place, right time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got that one, um, rented it out. I rented that one out for 1380, and I was like, man, this is amazing. And I didn't know what door knocking was. I've never heard of that. But I was like, how do I get another one? I was looking, looking, and I couldn't find anything. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to start driving around and knocking on doors. Mm-hmm. And I thought I had invented that. So <laughs> I'm driving around. And I see this house like in a good area of Balt Springs. It was a five bedroom, three bath, and it looked a little abandoned. So I left a note on it, and there was the what I call now the neighborhood snitch. It's always that person that's real nosy and wants to tell you everything. Mm-hmm. She's like, Yeah, this guy was renting it out and it didn't work out. And he rented it again and it didn't work out. And it's just been abandoned for a year. Here's his number. Wow. So very helpful. Very helpful. Yes. Um, so now I've always learned to find the neighborhood snitch, even mm-hmm. if it's like a property already bought, like apartments or something, always find them. You, yep. get, you get all the details. Um, but I ended up negotiating getting a house for $50,000. Um, I ended up leasing it out after doing a little bit of work. Like people scared me and were intimidating me because I wasn't intimidated at all. I had construction experience, but like, it was not bad. Like there's sheetrock that had felt fallen in. And yeah. People were like, Oh my God, what have you done? Like this house needs to be bulldozing. Mm-hmm. Now i look at it, that'd be like the easiest rehab actually yeah, ever yeah. had. But repaired it all, leased it out for fifteen hundred a month. Then I bought my fourth one, which went well also. But then twenty fourteen happened, and that's when houses started taking off again. Yep. Um, so I was like, Man, like how am I gonna get these same returns? And that's the first time that I ever met somebody from New Western, which I didn't, he didn't tell me that. He didn't say he was a wholesaler. I just kind of put this together like maybe a week ago that that he was from New Western, but he had to be, he like had the suit, he was wholesaling it. But I bought a condo from him, uh, two bedroom for $11,000. And pretty good. Yeah. I slept in it also for about three days, painting it, cleaning it, and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. And I leased it out for a thousand a month, so I got my money back in yeah. less than a year. Yep. And uh, so I got addicted to that, and I ended up buying ten condos in that first year and leasing them out. Where were those? Were those? Wintry, Richlands, Trace, all the Skillman, Aldelia areas. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, you know, I'm buying them. The cheapest one I bought was five thousand dollars. Yeah, it's awesome. Most expensive was like twenty three thousand. Mm hmm. And uh, I sold them all for like seventy five k a piece. Um, but whenever I was renting them out, I mean, I was getting like amazing
0: returns on Yeah. It. I, I I remember in 2015, I had a deal there that it was five condos for 100 grand. Yeah. And I couldn't pull it off. I was trying to wholesale it and I couldn't get people in to wholesale it. And I just didn't, at that time, I didn't know how to close deals.
1: It might have I didn't been mine because how... that's about probably when I sold them and I was selling a package at 10, somebody from California bought half of them. Yeah. When it might have been me. Who
0: knows? I'm sure we've crossed paths. I'm yeah. positive. Like, uh, DFW is a big place, but it's also a small place. And when it deals is. start slinging, it's like it's usually there's only so many people who show up, you know. Yeah, so.
1: and it's it's very small place because I just bought a property about three weeks ago. I'd say maybe an hour and a half from here. And Tang, I'm sure you know him, mm-hmm. is telling me about a property that he's buying an hour and a half the other way. So three hours apart. And I was like, I know people that own stuff over there. Who are you buying it from? I mean, told me only the guy's first name because, you know, you're always, like, protecting yourself. Yeah, yeah, And I told him the guy's last name. He's like, how do you know? And I'm like, I just bought a property from him. He tried to sell it to me. Yeah. So it's a very small world.
0: It is. It really is. Well, um, so what is, what is it like? If we fast forward to today, I know you're doing more commercial stuff. And what is what is like, your team look like? How are you taking things down? Is it just you? Do you have – what does it all look like now?
1: Team is very small. So I'm so impressed walking into your office, by the way. You know, you got this big thing going on. Um, I am like the complete opposite. Mm -hmm. So we have like very low expenses. We've got such a small team. Um, I've got Tanya, who's probably the most important part of the team. Um, We do have a new person that's working in our office because we've always had like a third person that kind of helps like a VA almost mm-hmm. um, and just keeps the money moving. That's our role. Like never assume and keep the money moving. Yep. Um, but uh, it's just us. Um, I do not have a whole squad. Um, I do have like a contracting team that's bigger than my office. Group. Yeah. Um, but everything we do is virtual. So um, we've got where, you know, wholesalers will send us the deals. We've got, third person who analyzes the deals we have where I'll buy them I'll figure out the construction I send them to my construction team they go out there they do the work they text me pictures like they were just doing before I walked up here
0: so Um, you write the scopes when you buy the properties you walk them you write the scope you hand it to construction you say go yeah how did so you've got that running to buy property and how does the plumbing business running simultaneously next to it? Is that a separate uh, office or is yeah, that it's same a separate, three people? It's,
1: it's a separate office, and it's been doing its own thing for a while. So, yeah. you know, that was just a lot of time. And, you know, it'll run good for three years. And then, you know, of course, like any management, like, starts getting lazy, and you got to go in there and shake things up and yeah. get everything going better. But, um, yeah, it, it does its own thing.
0: Yep. I mean, plumbing is – Man, it's especially in DFW. It is every house I touch. I feel like I'm I'm doing sewer on almost like we have so many plumbing issues here. It's a great business to be in. Yeah, it's a great business. I would be glad to take your money. Yeah, I'm sure we've uh, we're actually going through uh, the shakeup you just talked about with plumbing. We're going through that in our just construction department right now, of changing things around and figuring out how to how to make construction more efficient. I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like when it comes to investing, that's the hardest part. Yeah, getting construction going well.
1: Everything has an expiration date. I um, say that all the time. Contractors, uh, employees, friendships, everything has an expiration mm-hmm. date. And uh, that doesn't mean you always have to, like, leave bitter. Um, no. There's a lot of times where, you know, we stay on good terms. But I would definitely say, like, even the best contractors that I've had, you know, they start to do well for themselves, stop working as much, uh, maybe their wife and them start having a problem and mm-hmm. it definitely shows up in their works. So. Yeah,
0: for sure. Have you ever read the book Necessary Endings? I have not. It's really, really good. It's about that. And the, uh, the principle behind it is like uh, rose bushes, right? Like you have to trim the rose bushes, otherwise they go crazy and they actually don't produce very many pretty roses. But if you cut back the right parts, it will display a, a giant basically bouquet of roses and they're really beautiful, but you have to know what to cut and when and where. And it's like, if you can do that in your own life, and it's like, oh, yeah, it's really, really true. Like what you're saying is it,
1: it's very necessary. Knowing when it has to end. Yeah, because like, if you don't end it, they will and they will do it at the worst time.
0: Oh, yeah. And they'll end and and it will typically not be a good ending when it happens that right. way. It, it, it's destructive to you. It's destructive to the relationship. So, uh, yeah, knowing when to end it. That's a really it's a good, good nugget there. I like that. Um, So now you're buying more commercial stuff. So how did, first of all, I'm curious how you made that transition because I'm making that transition right now.
1: Um, In 2016, a wholesaler brought me an apartment complex in Grand Prairie. Um, That was an amazing deal, which also I didn't know. Like I didn't know anything about commercial. I didn't know about value add. Um, I didn't know anything. I was just like, hey, I'm over here wasting all this time. You know, trying to buy houses, but I could take down 24, like right now in one move. And uh, the only other person that showed up to bid against me was Vance Webler, if you remember him. Mm-hmm. Um, I he outbid me by fifty thousand, but I offered cash. I got the deal, um, closed on it. It was full of crackheads. It was full of prostitutes. It was full of syringes. Full of bed bugs. Um, but it was an amazing deal. I think I purchased them at 18000 a door. Yeah. So,
0: 24 units. Yes.
1: Wow. So, <clears throat> we rehabbed those, raised the rents on them. Um, I ended up turning, I'd say, about $600,000. I sold them for $2.2 2 Um So, it was. Uh, Believe a one point two million dollars that I walk away with at the end, um, which I ten thirty one into some commercial deals, but I did the apartments. That's how I learned the value add game, mm-hmm. which was important. I was glad that I learned that, and then I was wholesaling some houses in Oak Cliff because I feel like Oak Cliff when I was buying them for thirty thousand a house. You know, that was great deals, Yeah, but now it's gotten to a point to where rents aren't going up anymore, but property taxes definitely were. Yeah. So I sold them. I was doing a 1031 exchange, and uh, this guy had a commercial building. It was a retail space um, for sale, and he wanted 600000 and my 1031 was for 300000 And he was like, hey, buy this, like joking, and I was like, I'd buy it for 300000 And he was like, buy it for 600000 And I was like, nah. And really I just wasn't interested in buying commercial because yeah. I was intimidated by it. And finally he came back and he sold it to me for three hundred thousand. And it was making forty two fifty a month triple net.
0: Wow. That's a deal right <laughs> there. Yeah.
1: So um I was definitely addicted mm-hmm. and uh that got me hooked. So right when COVID started, I sold the apartments, did at ten thirty one. And although everybody was like, don't buy commercial, it's the end, it's the end, it's the end, I was like, I don't think so, because this is one month in, and everybody's already sick of being at home. Yeah. We want to go out, and we want to shop, we want to socialize. So I took the risk, and I went all in on commercial, ended up buying 14 commercial properties. Um, These are
0: retail commercial? Mm -hmm. Like strip centers? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So um, I bought like a six-unit strip center in Fort Worth. I bought... A single use warehouse and cattle mills. Uh, I bought a highway frontage on I 30, just all kinds of stuff like that. I ended up buying half of downtown Quinlan where I live. And uh, I started figuring it out and uh, definitely was learning houses are great, they're fast, they're easy to get, they're easy to sell. But every time I was doing one, my income was. Going up, my net worth was going up by like twenty thousand dollars, mm-hmm. and if I sold them, I'd make fifty grand. Yeah, on the commercial properties, every deal I was doing is going up by a minimum five hundred thousand. dollars mm-hmm. So it was just a lot faster. Yep. Um, I can't say I've got it mastered, but um, I've definitely built up my portfolio. <clears throat> my net worth is higher. Um, my equity is more, and my cash flow. Is the same as it was but with way less expenses way less risk way less moving
0: parts. yeah you're mostly triple net now right mm. so it's really i mean what what so now what are the pieces you need to be effective at um mastering these types of deals like what are the, like i know what it takes to be good with single family you've got to be great at managing you got to be great at maintenance you got to be great at capex you got to be great at all these things leasing all that has to be good with what you're doing it's much more simple. So what actual pieces does it take to be good and effective with it?
1: With commercial, one, you have to be able to do your due diligence because the smallest thing can just screw you big time. I mean, just kill it. Like, like not enough parking or the city. If the city just doesn't like the building, I don't care what you do to it. Mm-hmm. Like on houses, the city doesn't really have control what you do. Commercial, they have control over every single thing. So um, you definitely got to. Talk to them about it first. Got to make sure you're on the same game plan. Um, I would say leasing, like you really, you know, I could put up the crappiest house in Dallas for rent. Somebody's going to rent it like yep. day one. Yep. Commercial's not like that. Mm-hmm. So commercial, like you got to be on your leasing game because that's probably the biggest part is can you get it leased? And if you can and to the right person, Yeah, they're staying there a minimum three years, Mm -hmm. might be there 20 years. Yep. So like once you lease it, you're done.
0: Mm -hmm. And it's triple net. They're covering the maintenance, they're covering the CapEx, and they're covering the insurance, right?
1: Yeah, property taxes, the insurance, the repairs, everything but the roof.
0: So you're on the roof. I'm on the roof. So basically as long as you can get the roof fixed. What about like major sewer and stuff? Is that you or is that tenant?
1: Uh, most of the time, it's the tenant. If it's a strip center and they're connected, and I feel like it's like too much of an argument on which tenant's responsible, like maybe I'll handle it. Yeah, maybe it gets rubbed back under cam. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the amazing part is you can charge any part back.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, that's a totally different uh, way of looking at things. And I get why a lot of people start in single family, it's an easier. Easier place to take off in, but then I also get why people who stick with it and are successful with it shift into commercial. Like, I've got, so my best flip ever, um, bought for seven seventy five dollars right after snowpocalypse, uh, ended up buying in October of 21, sold it March of 22 for $2.2 million. I was like, a oh, great deal, right? Yeah. Those happen. They occur. Yeah, they occur. They are rare, but they do occur. You can make a million dollars flipping a home. It doesn't happen a lot. Making million a million dollars flipping a strip center or an apartment, that's normal. Yeah. Like, that is what people are going for. When they're going investing $30 million into an apartment complex, it's not to make a million. Yeah, it's to make and, five or ten.
1: And you don't have to do anything crazy to fund the deals. Like, my strip center in Fort Worth was on loop debt. It had been on there for 225 days. I was like, why? And Then I emailed the guy, and he didn't respond. And I did that for about three months. Then Mm -hmm. I called him and everything. I'm like, well, this is why. Yeah, this is 100% why. A lot of these guys are just a realtor just for the free drinks sometimes or something. But Mm -hmm. um, I ended up calling his broker and like circumventing him um, to get the deal done. And I was able to immediately double the rents. And um, I probably gained $800,000 in value like instantly doing that.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we're. Uh, I, uh, I I see why it's so attractive to you. I've never messed with strip centers really. How? What? What took you from multifamily to strip center?
1: Um, just really get that one retail deal got me hooked on commercial, yeah. um, and then when I found the strip center, I was like, okay, this seems like the same thing but bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, I did find things that I don't like so much about strip centers, like. Yeah, you do have to cam out stuff, which is, like, a little more work on your part in the office. Um, You're responsible for having the landscaping done, which you can charge it back, but you're still responsible for it. And if the guy doesn't show up, you got to find another guy. Mm -hmm. um, Exterior lighting. uh, This neighbor complaining about the other guy parking in a spot. So it does add some things. If it's a single use, you don't have to deal with any of that. Um, But... Everybody knows that commercial, so mm-hmm. a single-use building is always going for, like, premium pricing. Yeah, it's
0: the easiest to manage. Totally makes sense. Yeah. So where are you going from here? You've, you've got your great commercial business going. You've got your plumbing business going. What are next steps for you? Um, Facebook group is awesome. We haven't even talked about that. To be
1: honest, I don't know. That's what I'm trying to figure out right now because I've done such a good job at – fine tuning everything to where I'm hands off. I'm definitely bored. Uh huh. Uh, and like, we're still buying stuff. I've still got my guys like working on some right now, but like I have more time and I know a lot of people would be like, Hey, let's go vacation or any of that stuff. But I like to work. So Mm -hmm. that's what I'm trying to figure out. Um, I've been doing a little wholesaling again, considering doing some flips again. Um, amen can tell you like there was a time where we were churning out in 2018 we were probably doing five flips at a time and I'd say we'd probably go through maybe 15 properties a month but you know everything has an expiration date so you build it up one contractor you know makes the whole dominoes fall you do it again you do it again so um, that was fun but that was very busy yeah so Trying to figure out, like, how busy do I want to be?
0: Totally. That's a great question. Um, what I've been trying to do is kind of engineer, like, what are the things I actually want to spend my time doing? What do I really like? And then kind of reverse engineer that. And, like, what time do I have left for work every day? Yeah. I got a few hours here for work and a few hours here. And it's kind of it. like uh, uh, I, uh, I'm kind of in uh, – we're in different boats because I'm running, like you said, a business with more people and there's more going on. Uh, but at the same time, I like to work hard and play hard. That's kind of my thing. And so, like, last year I spent 16 weeks of the year traveling. Yeah. And, like, that's great, but then it was, it was a little too much. Yeah, <laughs> like, it was a lot.
1: Yeah, that's how it is for me. So um, we did some traveling, and we did this thing where we drove around, and our rule was can't drive more than four hours. Mm. So we went over the entire United States, um, hit every major city. Wow. And um, there's some where we stayed definitely too long. Like LA for three days. No. Mm-hmm. I, but I thought I would want to be there three days, but absolutely not ever again. Um, <laughs> but I did that. But there's definitely like a point where I was like, hey, I'm over this. Like, I want to get back home.
0: Yeah, get back to work. I've had that feeling before too, man. Okay. Um, well, if, uh, well, let's talk about your Facebook page a little bit. Like, I, I remember when that thing had like 4,000 members, like yeah. back in the day when I was first putting up deals on there and we're like oh this is a great way to sell deals and, and to buy deals and stuff and uh, how, how did that get started and and why did you choose to do that and was it did you ever plan on it getting this big and i'm curious about
1: um all that. so i've got multiple groups um the first one actually started was for tenants um so whenever i bought maybe my third rental property i was like Realizing that's kind of when Craigslist was coming to its end Mm -hmm. and Facebook was starting to grow. And I think I kind of saw that before a lot of people. And so I was like, hey, I'm going to make a group for like finding tenants. That one boomed to like 55,000 people within a year. Wow. And so like now, anytime I got a house, I just post it in there. It's gone. That's so smart. So um, it really started with that. And then I started making other groups. And then I got into the point to where, like, you know, everybody was best to me And they're like, like, why would you waste your time managing these groups? Isn't that a headache and it, this and that? But, I mean, really, it's the lifeline to the business.
0: That makes a lot of sense. It's a kind of it feeds. It's your it's your marketing.
1: Yeah. And, you know, like having the real estate group is not for me to have control. It's to prevent somebody else from having the control. Mm-hmm. Um, because. All it takes is one, like, big box company to, you know, have the group and then be like, oh, hey, nobody can be in it but us and our, and our buyers.
0: Yeah, so. and then it's things <clears> house. <throat> yeah, no, so I, I like that. It's, I always try to
1: keep things neutral.
0: Yeah. You do a really good job. Like, I've seen you moderate a few times where you just, like, people are pulling crap and you just shut it down. And I'm like, that's exactly what needs to happen. You're very good at it.
1: Yeah. I'm you glad you do it. not believe that – Almost every single day, somebody takes me out to eat and tries to bribe me. That shows how much money you can make on a Facebook. Group. Oh, yeah. People try to bribe me to, like, hey, block this guy or don't let him sell this, let us sell that. Hey. It's like every day.
0: It's so weird. Like, it's, I feel like that mentality is like this scarcity mentality. And it's like, dude, you can play totally fair and crush it in this business. Absolutely. It does not take like cheating at all to become a multi-millionaire in real estate I, especially in dfw i think
1: we can both agree that it's only the people that do play fair that seem to last for sure because everybody that tries to take that shortcut like you can't do a shortcut without burning a bridge and you cannot not burn a bridge out of here not uh, a lot without everybody else yeah. cutting ties to you too, mm-hmm. so. it's
0: it's a it's a, like we said at the beginning it's a small surprisingly small world and Man, it's, it, those people, you can you can just spot them. It's like the tone in their post and stuff. It's like yeah. this guy's clearly just trying to screw people. And um, I like that you catch it and you shut it down and you keep the group very neutral. Considering how many people there are and how many opinions fly around, yeah. you do a great job. And I really appreciate you doing it. Help us make a lot of money, and it's, I'm sure it's helped thousands of people in that group make a lot of money.
1: Yeah, I'm still waiting for my commission checks.
0: Yeah, seriously. I mean, ugh, I got to take you to take you to lunch somewhere real nice and, and not bribe you or something, man, because it's it's great. It's uh, I, re- I really appreciate you doing that. And so it sounds like, from what I'm hearing, you start plumbing, you recognize that that's an opportunity, and you put energy into it and let it grow. And, then, and you start the Facebook groups, recognize it's an opportunity, put energy into it and let it grow. Same thing with real estate investing. You're like, oh, here's the opportunity. I'll keep doing this. And you just put energy where it's working. That's really what I'm hearing if I had to kind of boil it down. Yeah. You and see what works and you do more
1: of it. I think the next step right now is I've been spending a lot of time trying to meet people that are doing bigger things, which is hard. It is. Because you want to meet people that teach you about houses. Mm-hmm. People love to brag. Oh, yeah. Um, apartments, people love to charge you and tell you. 100%. It. Once it gets the commercial. no. And so um, I just got a... Office in Victory Park um, by American Airlines Center. We're right next door to the W. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of been rubbing shoulders with a few people I know out there that own like high rises and things like that. And just trying to get those like little fragments that they will bless me with. Totally. And try to figure out how to up my game a little bit more.
0: Have you ever, um, you know, I, I'm not trying to suggest what you do at all. I'm just curious if you've thought through it and, and what your thoughts are on it. With the platforms you have access to, I would imagine it would be pretty easy for you to syndicate deals. Have,
1: have,
0: have you thought? Have you done it at all? Have you thought about it? And if so, what are your thoughts yeah, on it?
1: She's laughing because I've had so many people offer for me to do that. Mm-hmm. I've had banks reach out to me and tell me they'll back me. Yeah. Um, I've had a lot of people ask, I, I'm thinking about it, but I'm not sold on it. Either.
0: Yeah, I. Uh, you familiar with Bigger Pockets at all? Yeah. So um, I got interviewed by Brandon. It was kind of in Bigger Pockets' heyday. It was back in 2017 when it was really growing. I interviewed by him, and then I I, I grew up in Hawaii, which is where Brandon Turner lives now. I assume you're familiar with Brandon. Yeah. So um, I was out there with a month uh, for a month with my family back in 2018, and I went over to Maui for a couple of days and just text him was like, "Hey man, I'm on my Maui." It was right after he just moved there we got together. He's like, well, come stay at my house, whatever. So we, we hung out, got along well. And, um, he, uh, invited me to, I was in that position kind of that you're in, in 2018. I had left my, I had owned shoreline property group and I had let my partner buy me out and was kind of just like at a non-compete for a year. So I was kind of chilling, doing a little coaching and figuring out where I wanted to go next. And I met up with Brandon and he's like, Hey, um, why don't you help me build an acquisition arm to acquisition mobile home parks. And it was kind of the, he'd already been thinking through uh, Open Door Capital, um, which is his uh, syndication company now. And um, I helped him acquisition his first two uh, mobile home parks. And um, I helped him acquisition his first two mobile home parks. And he, uh, uh, he ended up going a different route with someone. We realized very quickly that if we wanted to buy a lot, you need somebody with really good net worth. Um, That's kind of the missing piece of syndication is when you want to go and buy a $50 million building or mobile home park or whatever it is, the bank wants someone that they can actually extract money from in the event that there's a default. And so I didn't have that piece. And so we ended up partnering with someone who did. And I was still partnered on those two deals we did together and ended up making really good money from those when we sold them. Um, But I saw him in the genesis of that in uh, 2019 and where he is now, four years later. I mean, he owns over a bill. He doesn't own, but... His company controls over a billion dollars of real estate now from syndication. And, um, you know, I see you as a, uh, you know, Dallas version of what Brandon did. You've got this huge uh, audience and uh, a lot of people who respect you and will listen to you when you say things. And he used that in a very good way, like you're doing with your groups, and was able to crush it because he was able to find incredible talent. He'd put up an ad for, I remember I was like, well, I need guys. Acquisitions. I need acquisitions managers. I need acquisition agents. I need lead managers. He puts up one ad. Seven hundred people apply in two days. We had to shut it down. And it's like I don't even know how to go through seven hundred applications.
1: So one of the things that I've been considering, um, and I've had a few people make offers, is instead of syndicating, um, I don't know if you know Dave Hill. Do you know him?
0: No, he's State
1: Storage Group. So he doesn't syndicate, but he's built up a $500 million portfolio. But instead, what he does is he finds people that have deals but don't necessarily have the talent or the money, and he partners with them on it and becomes business partners. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're also credit partners. So um, Mm. he has grown very quickly without syndicating.
0: Makes a lot of sense. Um,
1: So that's something that I've been looking towards doing. So... One of the things i have kind of considering is it's not really like a coaching thing but it's like hey no matter what you're doing in real estate maybe i could partner with you you bring me in i can scale this thing yeah and you give me a small fragment like i'm not trying to take 50 percent of somebody's business mm-hmm.
0: that makes a lot of sense i mean uh, i've i've in i mean i've done a tremendous amount of marketing in my day i've come across Oh, I don't even know how many tens of thousands of deals now, but there's a lot of good deals that if I had had the right person who's offering what you're talking about in that place, we both could have made a lot of money. Yeah. And like I bought a, um, in 20, November 2019, I closed on a, got to remember my numbers right. It was in White Wright, Texas, if you know where that is, yeah. just uh, directly east of Howe. It was, a, it was on two and a half acres. It was a 36,000 square foot assisted living facility. And uh, what had happened with it is some older people had owned it. And um, when Hurricane Katrina happened, they opened it up to refugees or whatever you want to call them from, yeah. from Hurricane Katrina. And they lived there for a year or two and had the owners were really old. And so they didn't know how to manage it right. People had ended up kind of trashing the place and they let it go vacant. So basically from 2008 to 2019, when I got a hold of it, it just been vacant for 11 years. So it was rough. Foundation, structure, all good. Um, and it could very easily be, have been switched into a 40 plus unit apartment complex. I bought this thing for 70,000 bucks. Hmm. And, uh, but I didn't have, I didn't have what it took to really turn it. And I knew that. so I ended up, uh, wholesaling it and it was like a 200 plus thousand dollar rip. It was a good wholesale. Right. But had I taken it through, it's probably worth a couple million dollars today. So if I had had someone like you and what you're offering in that position, that would have been a great deal for us to do together different time now and i understand that but i think what you're offering and what you're thinking about is has a massive potential yeah. there's a lot of deals that come across that an operator sees the potential in them but he can't get them to that value on his own They you need either the banking resources or the construction resources are usually the two things that are lacking to get them there you've obviously got those two things figured out yeah i've so. got
1: a, i've got a lady i just met up with last week and uh she's bought a few properties from me in the past and she was like, "Hey, if I pay you a thousand dollars, could you meet up with me and just walk me through this deal? Because I've seen you do it, and I know you can do it. And you know, this is her old nest egg, and she don't want to lose it. And a thousand dollars is nothing compared to that." I was like, "Well, I don't really do coaching, but like I can do like a little consulting fee." So we met up, and she was worried about raising rents on this apartment. And I was like, "Yeah, that's nice and all, but you know, if you just rubs back the utilities." you would make $400,000 more than you would raising the rent. Yes. She's like, wait, what? And so um, she's already began doing that. And that alone, she was like, like it was totally worth it. Oh, yeah, charge and more. So I, was like, <laughs> so I was like, you know, maybe if I could do something where it's like a permanent uh, deal where I could permanently uh, contribute something to their success, And then, you know, bring in some more revenue for myself. That would be a good partnership. Yeah,
0: totally. So I've done some coaching before, and one of the things that um, there's the monthly fees that you charge people, right? But really what uh, what I found out was a really good, I don't know, way to gain real value for myself out of it without extracting it from their wallet, but extracting it from the information I was giving them. Is I would say, look, you got to partner with me on deals, and I get a twenty or thirty percent chunk of each wholesale deal you do until I get X amount, whether that's seventy five thousand or a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand, depending on how much coaching they really wanted and how much of my time. And I'd structure it like that. And there was several of those students that ended up paying me well into the six figures yeah. in just deal splits, where it's like, like you just added four hundred thousand dollars of value annually to this woman yeah. for a thousand bucks. You know, structuring that a little differently so that you get some benefit of the value you provide can go a long way where you won't have to do a ton, but I know you are trying to work and keep yourself entertained and find, find problems that take energy to, to solve. And that's just another way that I've done it in the past, but man, I'm i uh, I'm excited to see where you go, what you're doing. Appreciate everything you've done so far. Appreciate you coming out today. Um, where can people learn more and find out more about you?
1: Um, Facebook's the number one place. It's jawad dashi. Um Instagram also, the G There's like 40 G's on Instagram. I would not have guessed that. Yeah. I guess I'm like the Steve Smith, I guess, <laughs> of overseas, but um yeah, but uh that's the biggest places. Um if you do have something where you got questions, feel free to reach out to me. Real easy to talk to. I mean, we
0: reached out to you uh, 10 days ago or so, and here you are. Very happy and willing to come. I really appreciate it. And it's been great talking to you and getting to know you better. So thanks for coming out. Yeah, I appreciate it. Okay, thanks a ton.